It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. For the love of Pete, it's something you might say when your car gets damaged, but that won't get you the help you need for your vehicle. As someone named Jake, what you should be saying is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For help filing your claim 24-7, whether it's on the phone online, or on the award-winning State Farm mobile app, however you choose. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home, but I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. On your Monday episode of Locked On Raptors, a little more reaction to the Grady Dick draft pick and whether or not the vibes of the Raptors are in fact changed forever for good. Plus, we'll get into our expectations for free agency week and play a little more mid-level madness, everybody's favorite names from a hat game. Let's get to it. Thanks for hanging. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, 
What's going on? And welcome to another episode of Lockdown Raptors, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Monday, June the 26th, and I am your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for nine seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on Twitter at WoodleySean. You can follow the show on Instagram at Lockdown Raptors, and you can join the Lockdown Raptors Discord server, which has over 120 satisfied customers in it now, just hanging out, talking ball, reacting, thinking about uh, off-season machinations it's all in there it's super fun very friendly a nice place to come and talk ball the link is in the description come hang out in the lockdown raptors discord as well please go subscribe to the show for free wherever you get your podcasts and on youtube it's much appreciated when you support the show tell a friend all that good stuff and uh thanks for being here on a monday where we are uh teen up free agency week all of a sudden the draft's behind us and free agency looms just uh four days away friday at 6 p.m very convenient just like the news dumpiest time to have free agency but that's what we do here in the nba baby uh so we're gonna tee that up we got mid-level madness our favorite mid-level exception guys game which uh if you've not heard the game before you're in for a treat if you have then you're probably just sitting there on the edge of your seat very very excited to get to the last segment uh i'm very excited to bring in our guest today it's our pal vivek jacob from raptors.com big v can you feel the Grady Dick energy, baby? Everyone's so happy. The the vibes are back. The team is like joyful again. It's wonderful. The big the big uh, Grady energy. Yeah, I feel the like. big Grady energy. Look, man, <laughs> it, it's. <laughs> I know it's going to get old extremely fast. Uh, I, it's not lost on me that it's hacky to make jokes about Grady Dick's name. But yep. uh, we got to get the giggles out, the first couple, and then we'll, we'll, we'll settle into a groove. It's all good. Well, I, I was told <laughs> I absolutely cannot as a Raptors employee. <laughs> so I have all these jokes just sitting in the drafts. You can just send them to me in the DMs. Actually, just drop them in the Discord. We'll make a new Discord server uh, channel in there just for that'll, your that'll Grady Dick jokes. where I can vent and get it all out of my system. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're adults here. It's all good. How are you, buddy? It's uh, you know, big week. <laughs> Lots looming. I feel yeah. like we know where the direction of the team is going, but also it could go all sorts of different ways, it seems. Um, we'll, we'll dive into the free agency stuff right now. I do want to get your thoughts on the Grady Dick draft pick. Uh, pretty, you know, I think it made a lot of Raptors fans happy because it was the exact opposite of the type of player the Raptors have taken over the last half decade or so. Uh, what were your reactions to the pick? And, uh, you know, sort of expanding on the vibes thing. It seems like there is real intention to the Raptors trying to get their vibes back up. And I wish there were another good word for vibes. It's like the one word in the world where there's not a good thesaurus entry to help it out. Um, but, you know, we're stuck with vibes, the power of vibes, etc. How are you feeling about the pick and sort of what it means for the bigger picture direction of the team when it comes to, uh, you know, being happy at work again? Yeah, I mean, first things first, I, I don't think we were ever going to be blown away by the 13th pick in the draft. Um, and if you do end up getting blown away by late picks, it's because they end up doing something special later in their careers. And so we'll have to wait and see uh, how the, this career blossoms. And so mm -hmm. uh, addresses a need, number one, for sure. <laughs> he can shoot. And the great thing is when you say he can shoot, you're not just talking about catch and shoots. Um, no. He can shoot on the move. He's got uh, a variety of options when it comes to um, his shooting. And then it's like no matter what position he takes up, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, coming off handoffs, whether it's, you know, a straight up catch and shoot, whether it's a one dribble pull up, whatever it might be, the release, the form is absolutely as consistent as you could hope. And so mm -hmm. I think uh, those are big things that, that the Raptors uh, need to see on their own team. Uh, and 
it definitely addresses a need in that regard. Uh, going into the draft, I was probably rooting more for you know a guard that can dribble penetrate and address that need. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't again, you can't argue that a need wasn't addressed. Hundred uh, percent. Yeah, I, I think yeah that that was my Kobe Buffkin love was just like oh he also in addition to probably being a pretty good shooter not the shooter Grady Dick is by the way not even in the same stratosphere at the moment um, you know he also has a little pop to him as a driver and a little sort of wiggle getting to the rim and ability to finish at the rim and that still remains a hole the Raptors need to address the lack of ball creation or on ball creation and dribble penetration and all this stuff that's not being addressed by the Grady Dick selection of course the you know Dick is going to help with the three-point shooting there's no doubt and he adds at least one more knockdown guy to their pretty small group of knockdown guys uh I'm fascinated we can talk in a second about how he's going to be used and all of that but yeah the 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 guard thing still lingers and I guess that kind of hangs over the entire conversation this week so we can get into that when we get into the free agency stuff in a second here but how do you envision Grady Dick being used out of the gate here obviously he's not going to start you know you're very rarely going to see a rookie start unless they're a very high pick like a Scotty Barnes was um and you know most of the starting spots you would think seem like they're spoken for if the Raptors can take care of their business this week which it seems like that's what they want to do um you know let's just assume they run it back and you have Fred and Yak on the team where where do you envision Grady Dick kind of filling in And, and and also where do you think he you know could be best used to sort of accentuate the other players on the team with the spacing he's going to offer kind of from day one like you're going to have to account for his three-point shooting the second he steps onto an nba floor yeah no for sure he's an nba level shooter i think uh the question is where is his defense uh, Mm -hmm. in terms of nba readiness and so uh obviously he's going to be coming off the bench and i think he'll get his share of opportunities uh to factor into uh the rotation and from there, it's like, hey, you know, you, you when you look at the starting lineup, the minutes uh, are allocated between OG, Pascal, Scotty. Obviously, mm-hmm. those are a lot of minutes. Um, where can he eat into that, and where can he supplement that? And then, uh, you know, the the other way you kind of look at it is when you look at those secondary units. It's like, hey, when Pascal is handling the ball and Fred is off the court, when Scotty is handling the ball and Fred is off the court, and then you know you kind of play bigger uh, with him. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I think it gives you another option in that regard and to really space out the floor and um, make, uh, you know, those driving lanes a bit more open, hopefully, uh, w- mm-hmm. with him, you know, roaming the court. Uh, and yeah, and then it's just going to come down to making shots, right? And uh, we've seen uh, a few guys who've been in Toronto and then move on and <laughs> are hitting everything. But, <laughs> uh, you know, hopefully Grady, you know, hits the ground running and is able to knock him down and that more more than likely you know uh, should be able to keep him on the floor uh, at least with those you know uh secondary lineups yeah i think you're probably going to want to play him with like starter heavy looks to begin with a because you get sort of the defensive help in the form of an og or a yak or a pascal or a scotty and i know scotty's no great shakes defensively just yet but i think there have been strides made there and i don't think you could argue that he's not a better nba defender right now than grady dick is before stepping on an nba court um so giving him that insulation will be big and i think you know if you're trying to use this season as maybe like your last testing ground to see if the pascal scotty thing can work or if the pascal scotty yak trio can work 
I think playing Grady Dick alongside those guys is going to be a, a pretty good way to help you see sort of an optimized version of that just because of the spacing he figures to offer. Um, so yeah, if you're going to run those Pascal Scotty looks, I, I think Grady's got to be in there. I, I think he especially could really fit nicely in lineups where Precious Achua features, considering his sort of erratic nature, but also the fact that he can kind of cover a little bit defensively for Grady Dick's, uh, you know, sort of shortcomings that, you know, you're going to just, it's going to be a thing. He's he's a rookie. It's just, it's not going to be uh, overnight that he figures out how to broaden his chest and stay strong and stay in front of guys. You're going to have to have help. And I think Precious is the kind of guy who could really help there as well. So uh, yeah, I, I'm excited. I, I don't know. Like you got to temper your expectations here. It's a rookie. He's going to be green. The the defense is going to be a limiting factor. But I also think I believe when Darko Ryakovic talks about you know trying to get guys into play you know, to their strengths and stuff like that. I don't think he's going to leave guys behind developmentally necessarily. That maybe maybe same you know the previous coach did, uh, where it's like okay we yes we know there this is not maybe the optimized version of the team to have Grady Dick playing twenty minutes a night. But if he's in there, he's learning. He's getting reps. He's he's learning on the fly and that's better for the big picture sort of grand scheme of things and uh we shall see any parting shots on the selection here before we move into the free agency stuff no i think we've pretty much uh covered all of it uh maybe maybe we didn't really get into the tiktoks but that's okay (laughs) don't worry we got plenty of the whole summer for that (laughs) let me just do like the grady dick tiktok hour and that'll be a fun time exactly um uh by the way tomorrow on the show it might be dropping wednesday i'm trying to figure out schedules but either way either tuesday or wednesday Derek johnson of locked on jayhawks is going to be joining the show uh he watched a lot of grady dick this past season so we're going to dig into uh you know the, the the read on dick from someone who watched him in the flesh so uh we will get into all that coming up later this week we're also going to get in a second into the free agency of it all and uh what's going to go down here in the coming days as the Raptors, of course, still have two very notable looming pending UFAs in Fred Van Vliet and Jakob Pertl. We'll get into our feelings and our best prognostications on what's going to happen here in just a second. Before we do that, however, got to tell you about our good friends over at eBay Motors for a championship team. It is all about building the car or the team that has every piece or part that's the right fit. I got on the track there. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, Head to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit. You are going to be sure that every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know that your part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we continue on here with your first listen of the day. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you are an everydayer of the show, we'd love you, you sickos. Just let us know in the comments uh, so we can uh, get you some help. And, uh, you know, thank you and appreciate you as well. You're the best. And uh, all right, let's dive in. 
the free agency week. It's looming. We got four days and change until the clock strikes six o'clock on Friday, and agents and teams are allowed to talk to each other for the first time. Uh, you know, because there definitely won't be chatter going on all week leading into that. Um, Fred Van Vliet, obviously, pending UFA. Jakob Pertl, pending UFA. These are big questions for a Raptors team that seems to have telegraphed its intention to more or less run it back. <sighs> they better hope they can bring these guys back, man, <laughs> if that's their plan. Uh, what's your sort of read on this week, Big V? Do you have any sort of thoughts and feelings about where this might head? Uh, you know, I think it's kind of taken on pretty paramount import, importance for them to bring both Fred and Yak back at this point. They didn't make the trade at the, de- at the draft. Um, you know, there's always still the option to make trades later in the summer, of course, but, you know, draft time felt like the sweet spot in particular for a guy like Pascal Siakam with the third pick potentially being out there and, you know, varying degrees of gettable depending on who you, who's reporting you listen to. Um, but this is a big week, Big V. Uh, what's your sort of reading here on the Fred and Yak situations and the Raptors' intentions to bring them back and uh, whether or not they can actually do it? Yeah, I mean, again, I, th- I think the fact that they're going to run it back does help. Mm. You know that both Fred and Yak are guys that want to compete, that want to uh, be putting themselves in position for the playoffs. And so uh, I think that's where, you know, you, it almost predisposes you to go one way, uh, mm-hmm. at least for now, and then you take things as they come. But uh, yeah, I think, you know, in terms of offering up the money that's there, it, it helps that Gary Trent Jr. opted into uh, his player option. And so now I think it's just a question of, you know, does either Fred or Yak feel that they're greener pastures? And mm-hmm. I think... You know, they know very much what they have here. Um, and I think they're both kind of mature guys who don't just automatically assume that, uh, you know, the grass is greener on the other side. And I think uh, the concerted effort to address the vibes mm-hmm. uh, will help as well. Um, that being said, you know, the money has got to be right. Um, yeah. I think especially for Fred. Uh, he's made no secret of, uh, you know, being someone who is very business minded. And so, uh, yeah, if, if the Raptors were to offer like a three year deal, then I could see it becoming a bit more of a crunch where maybe another team does go with an overpay, um, or, you know, just a significantly higher offer. Yeah. I I mean, the Rockets loom out there, right? Like that's kind of the team that stands out to me. The cap space situation around the league is like pretty grim, right? There's not a lot of teams out there to have that money thrown around. And, and so I think the market's probably going to sort of almost aim Fred back at Toronto. It's sort of similar, I think, to what happened with Kyle back in 2017, right? Where, you know, it seemed like he was destined to leave. It seemed like it was over. He looks around. There's like the Wolves and the Spurs maybe, but they kind of go and do their own thing at point guard. Jeff Teague getting signed to the Wolves, kind of like a sneaky, massive turning point in Toronto Raptors history, if you think about it. That was Uh, hilarious. (laughs) I remember, I think I was covering the Crown League that day. Right. Um, And I remember seeing the tweet and I was like, what? are you doing (laughs) (laughs) they just needed someone in there to properly document the jimmy butler uh practice from hell because if you've not seen the podcast clip of jeff teague going through what happened that day go seek it out it's outstanding Um, yeah so i'm glad for many reasons that jeff teague was their free agency choice that summer in minnesota but um yeah like to the point it seems like the cap space situation around the league is going to kind of 
have Fred look around and say, you know what, it's best to just kind of stick around here. And I would imagine, you know, at that time, I believe it was three years, $100 million the Raptors signed Kyle Lowry for. Would not be shocked if it's very, very similar for the Toronto Raptors and Fred Van Vliet as far as length and number, um, of course, adjusted now for inflation. So it's less than what that deal was way back in the day because the cap has gone up like crazy. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel pretty optimistic that Fred will be back. I know some people out there will be very sad to hear that there's any optimism tied to Fred Van Vliet because people are weird about Fred Van Vliet, but uh, it's unquestionably the best thing for the franchise for him to be back and then figure it out later. If you trade him a year or two down the line, or even if that's where he wants to inevitably to kind of have it end up, where it's like, okay, I'll get my money now, and then we get moved down the line, that's fine. Like, I I think it's best for the Raptors, for sure, if they can retain him here. Um, I haven't felt as much sort of trepidation about the Akapertle thing, just because it's felt like you trade a first-round pick to get a guy, you're going to take care of him, you're going to sign him. There was a little bit of maybe sort of noise last week. I think it was Jake Fisher kind of noting, like, there, it's not like a foregone conclusion necessarily that the Raptors and Yak are going to come to terms. And he said, like, watch the Spurs, which, man, that would be... Uh, I don't even want to, like, think about how depressing that would be if that were to be the outcome here. Maybe it's the second most likely outcome to the Yakupertle sticking in Toronto. I don't know. A complete uh, disaster. Totally. Uh, we real like as someone who's defended the Yak trade, uh, uh, that would be you know the proverbial egg just like all over my face. Hopefully not. Um, what, what's your level of belief that Yak's going to be back? Uh, I, I feel like you know the the extra sort of room the Raptors have to work with here with the uh, luxury tax and salary cap projections up a little bit from what they were expected, I think will help in this matter as well. Um, You know, Gary opting in at 18.6 as opposed to, you know, potentially signing for a larger figure also helps. Uh, I I think, again, things are pointing to this being a pretty copacetic, all right, we just bring both these guys back and run it back and everyone's bored and mad. Um, But, you know, what's your sort of feeling with Yak? How or maybe sort of uh, precarious do you think this week could get for the Raptors when it comes to Jakob Pertl? Well, one thing, you know, I think when the uh, Pascal information came out um, that, you know, he wouldn't sign with another team. He has every intention of staying in Toronto. Yeah. We've looked at it from Pascal's perspective, but I think that certainly helps in trying to keep Jakob. Sure. And I think, you know, obviously we know about their relationship and uh, when, uh, you look at you know how Jakob Pertl would assess this team in terms of being able to compete. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he would look at that and say, "Hey, okay, well, if Pascal's going to be here, um, then things are looking pretty green over here." Uh, and you know, maybe you, you, if you're able to bring Fred back as well, then you know that nucleus is kind of set. And so, uh, I think the other aspect I look at is his end of season presser when yeah. he did say that, "Hey." It's just like these little things that we need to mature and learn from, you know, that attention to detail, that, you know, consistency in effort and like not letting up, um, which he said, like, right after the play-in game. Um, and so I think, you know, he'll probably look at the vibes and feel like, okay, there's probably going to be less of an inclination to let go of the rope <laughs> in these games. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think I feel fairly confident. I wouldn't say I feel like extremely confident, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I do like the chances of them bringing Yak back. 
There's also every possibility that a report coming out that Yak is maybe not 100% sure about sticking around in Toronto is entirely just a negotiating tactic to get more out of Toronto, where he ultimately yeah. wants to be. That's, you know, you got to sort of remember there's layers to all of these uh, leaks and rumors that come out this time of year. Uh, is there a team out there that particularly scares you when it comes to Yak? I mentioned the Spurs. They have the cap space to go ruin everyone's day if they really want to. Um you know, there's lots out there about Wemby not wanting to maybe play full-time center, having Yak next to him. Maybe that'd be kind of nice. I'm talking myself into this happening now, and I'm kind of spiraling. Uh, is there another team out there, maybe more in the sort of contender sign-and-trade sphere, that maybe, you know, I guess it worries you a little less because there's, in theory, something coming back in a sign-and-trade. Although, remember, uh, very rarely do you get much back in a sign-and-trade because there's not a ton of leverage in the situation. And I think we kind of build ourselves up into thinking that sign-and-trades are going to bring back all this fruit, but they do not. Um, is there another team out there that you kind of have eyed as a potential yak landing spot that's got you a little bit uh, nervous, sweating a little bit in your chair? To be honest, I, I do th see the Spurs as the biggest threat. Um, God, it would be so bad. <laughs> but it's possible. I mean, and it makes that's it, it looks threatening because it makes sense. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, it would make so much sense for them to bring Yak back into the mix and have Wemby ease himself in um, and have uh, that guy to lean on, that big guy to lean on. And so I think, I mean, it's weird to say big guy to lean on when the guy's 7'5". But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, our, our brains are going to be warped by Wemby for quite some time, I think, trying to sort of reckon <laughs> with what he is as a dude. It's yeah. kind of nuts, man. Yeah. Uh, I should say just veteran to lean on. <laughs> and I think, you know, someone I may have viewed as an outside threat before kind of the transactions went down was maybe some type of deal involving the Warriors. You know, with them kind of being in that win now mode and like what kind of pieces can you get back? And um, obviously they've kind of made their deals. Um, Let me tell you, I'm glad Jordan Poole is not going to be playing for the Toronto Raptors. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think I look at San Antonio as, you know, it's kind of the biggest threat. Um, I, you know, if there would be no reason really for uh, Houston to go after him in free agency. No. Um, not over Fred, you know, at least in terms of how their roster seems to shake out. But do they do they have room for Fred now? Their whole team is guards. Like, <laughs> no, that's I don't fair. know, man. It's a fair argument. They feel like a team um, that's going to give Dylan Brooks like $30 million and be like, look what yeah. we did with our cap space. Uh, yeah. Okay. And Orlando's draft suggests that they would have no interest in Fred either. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, maybe things are just looking pretty good for the Raptors right now. We say that, but if that Spurs thing happens, uh, it's going to be full-on meltdown mode uh, <laughs> on this podcast and others, I'm yeah. sure. Uh, quickly, do you have any uh, trades you're hoping to see this week? Anything that you are kind of got your eye on? I keep on staring at the uh, like the yard full of uh, decent to okay point guards in Washington and thinking, is one of them gettable for Chris Boucher? Monte Morris? Maybe, yeah. uh, where, where is that like kind of your hope for this week is maybe some sort of trade for a guard on the, on the margins as well. Yeah, that's kind of what I see. And then, uh, yeah, I think Boucher potentially being involved in the deal, uh, Otto Porter Jr. Potentially being involved in the deal, uh, you know, around the margins is kind of where I see the Raptors maybe potentially making some changes. Uh, mm -hmm. but yeah, beyond that, you know, uh, 
it's pretty much team running back. So, you know, mm-hmm. just work around those margins, baby. Yeah, and look, I, I know, look, I'm not totally against the idea of, like, Scotty Barnes getting some run as, like, the backup point guard next season. I don't think that can be your only plan at backup point guard next season because I think 100%. Scotty has other stuff to do. Scotty has uh, dribble handoffs to run and screening actions to be involved in and uh, wing scoring to do. Like, he has all sorts of different avenues for his play and ways he can affect the game. I don't think it's wise to funnel him down the point guard track exclusively. Um, I think it's smart if you want to run him as a backup and have him work with some shooting and all that. You have Grady Dick now. You run those second units with, like, OG, Trent, Grady Dick, and Christian Coloco or something, and maybe you're talking. But um, I don't think it can be your only plan. Having some sort of guard depth would be very, very nice. Maybe it's Marquise Noel. Uh, probably a little too much to expect, but we'll see. Uh, we'll come back on the other side. Going to round it out with mid-level madness. We're going to get into some guys who maybe the Raptors could be fits with uh, when it comes to their mid-level exception, assuming they have it and they're under the tax. It's all kind of convoluted and complex, but we'll get to it in just a sec here. It's uh, Yeah, that's coming up. Well, before we do that, just a reminder, go check out Locked on Leafs, as the Buds are headed into the NHL draft this week. It's very big. They have a first-round pick. They could make big trades. It's all going to be going down this week in the NHL. So go check out Locked on Leafs and then Locked on NHL, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Big V, mid-level madness. You know the game, or I don't know if you know the game or if you've played it before, but the people know the game. I have some names of some pending UFAs, a couple RFAs, but maybe we skip those because it seems like an offer sheet for Grant Williams is a little bit unrealistic. Um, But either way, I got some names of guys who are probably going to be available around the mid-level exception or with a chunk of the mid-level exception, much like they signed Otto Porter Jr. last last year with like six million bucks worth of the the mid-level. So same idea. Either way, I'm going to pull up names. We got 90 seconds, or you have 90 seconds on the clock to tell me why the Raptors would or would not be a fit for this player with their mid-level exception. Are you ready? to play mid-level madness big v i am excellent let's uh get rolling here the first name ooh, might be a little rich but also the way the nba salary is going it seems like everybody who's not a superstar is making the mid-level jordan clarkson jordan clarkson from the utah jazz uh might be a little bit over the mid-level range but uh talk me into a big v or talk me out of it. This is the you. You have the power now. I have my timer started. The duck is going to go off in one minute. Uh, actually, yeah, you get one minute, not ninety seconds. Let's go, Jordan Clarkson. Uh, tell me why or why not he should be a fit for the mid level. He is a fit if the Raptors decide to move on at Gary, from Gary Trent Jr. at some point. And I think mm. if you think about what the roster looks like with those two guys and potentially fitting Grady Dick in uh, to the rotation and what the defense might look like, that could be a problem. But if you think a bit long term and the potential of keeping him, then you have this guy who has proven uh, himself as an ultimate scorer is absolutely going to fill it up. And I think can, you know, kind of single handedly, uh, you know, run those bench units, not, you know, in the traditional point guard sense, but be like, hey, we're, we're, we're going to hold our own here, uh, whether it be just through my scoring or uh, it's you know. Jordan Clarkson time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, Shout out Robbie Cowan. Um, he's going to be, he would be impact, impactful off the bench in a way that Gary Trent Jr. has struggled to do. 
Mm. And so I think that would be uh, the biggest thing that you would look at with a guy like him. So you're thinking as you sign Clarkson and then, oh, the duck's going off. There we go. We're done. There we go. Uh, the, so you, it's like you signed Jordan Clarkson with maybe the intention to trade Gary Trent Jr. Now that he's opted into his deal, is that kind of the idea? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Again, it, he might be too rich for the mid-level. It's also yeah, hard because it feels I, like I every player is a mid-level, mid-level player at this point. But um, yeah, the market would have to go a certain way for that to be a fit for the Raptors. Let's go to the next one, shall we? Let's go. Here we go. The next name in the hat is Alec Burks. Oh, this is one of my faves. Alec Burks, Big V, take it away. Alec Burks would not be a fit for the Raptors. I think that he is um, a solid player, um, but I think he's way too streaky. I think he has, uh, you know, a week, week and a half where he's just blazing hot and then all of a sudden he disappears for a month. And so uh, I would not want uh, Alec Burks in the mix. Uh, Again, I think, uh, you know, he's a perfectly fine player, but... Uh, in terms of what the Raptors need, uh, in terms of consistency and knowing what to expect, uh, I am not uh, really into Alec Burks as a signing. Wow. I'm surprised because Alec Burks is one of my favorite potential targets. Um, 41% from three last year. Basketball reference is freezing up on me. I'm trying to pull up his full stats for the last few years. Uh, Yeah, here we go. Last few years from three, uh, 41%, 40%, 41%, 41%. 38%, 37%. 38%, oh, 37%, 37%. There's the duck going off. The duck likes Alec Burks. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I, I think, yes, he's hurt a lot. He misses time. He only played 51 games last year for Detroit. Who also knows who was hurt in Detroit and who was sitting out for tanking reasons. Um, and look, he's not going to be like a great playmaker for you, but you know what he does? He can handle the ball and he can go get a shot. And that's something the Raptors have badly needed. Frankly, I don't care if he's streaky because the times where he is on, they will uh, benefit from him being on. The times that he's off, I don't think he'd be such a necessity to play 25 minutes a game or anything like that that you'd feel obligated to throw him out there when he's not cooking. Um, I think Alec Burks would be a lovely fit, but uh, we can agree to disagree. That's fine. Those three-point numbers are... uh, Pretty enticing to me, though. As a if the Raptors team, use the mid level once again <laughs> on a guy who we see more often in street clothes, then hey, I mean, I guess not, technically he played eighty one games this season before last year. That's come on, it's not he's not he's not Otto Porter Jr. here. But yes, guess what? When you're at the mid level, lots of guys have injury risks. That's kind of why they're mid level guys. All right, let's go to the next one here. This is a fun one. This was recommended in the Discord a couple days ago. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. Dennis Smith Jr. had himself a very fun season this year for the Hornets, kind of turned his career around, came back from being out of the league, was by all like advanced defensive metrics, like one of the best defensive players in all of basketball last year. You look at some of these catch-alls and he's literally one spot above OG Ananobi in some of them, which is wild. He shot 29% from three. That doesn't help things. But uh, Dennis Smith Jr. as that little bit of guard depth we've talked about. You have one minute. Go, Big V. Yeah, well, if you look at, you know, in terms of making sure guys fit around each other, if you can have someone like Jakob Pertl on the back line with Gary Trent Jr. on the court, with Grady Dick on the court, and then you have uh, someone like Dennis Smith Jr. to contain some of that dribble penetration, you really see the fit. Um, mm-hmm. If you're looking for a guy who uh, doesn't need DR DeRozan's help to miss free throws, he is also <laughs> <your guy>. <laughs> <laughs> That would be, you know, maybe the one concern you look at with him and uh, the overall shooting. Obviously, he's mm-hmm. not going to give you any threes, but 
uh, in terms of like a defensive fit to come in and be alongside a Gary Trent Jr. and uh, a Grady Dick. I think from that standpoint, uh, it is a very solid fit. Honestly, think scaled up version of what Jeff Doughton was for the Raptors when he played, right? Just like, yeah, maybe the offense isn't really what he's out there for as the duck is going off. You, you're just killing it in this under a minute uh, time window. It's outstanding. Great work. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, Jeff Doughton was there for his point of attack defense. His offense didn't quite keep him on the floor. I feel like Dennis Smith Jr. probably has a little bit more pop to offer. Average 4.8 assists a game last year in 25 minutes. Like, there's a little bit there. Um, and, yeah, it might make Jeff Doughton's surplus to requirements. But if you can get an upgrade there, uh, you know, it's a fun story. The fact that he's made his way back into the league the way he has, that's super cool. I don't hate the idea, and I don't think it would cost you the full mid-level either. He's had one season kind of back in the mix here. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Maybe he wants one more year to kind of prove it and, and get paid in, in, in a year's time, whatever it might be. Um Dennis Smith Jr., kind of fun. Let's do one more to round this out. There's still some names in the hat. We'll get through them at the as the week goes on. Mm-hmm. But here's one. Oh, this one's fun. Jalen McDaniels, a guy the Raptors were kind of uh, rumored to be maybe sort of in on around the trade deadline. I believe he's a UFA because he was a second-round pick. So the Sixers, uh, I think they have his bird rights, but they, uh, you know, it's not an RFA situation. Jalen McDaniels, Vision 6-9, baby. It's back on. <laughs> <laughs> Jalen McDaniels, I think, would be an okay fit. I, I think yeah. when you look at, you know, trying to work him into the rotation, uh, yeah, obviously defensively you can see the gains, but uh, I don't think there's enough there um, to validate, you know, what you would get out of potentially, uh, you know, developing Grady Dick, what you would get out of, um you know, having Gary Trent Jr. on the court to up his value, his potential trade <laughs> uh, value. And I think, uh, you know, you know, now that you you present these options, I would take Alec Brooks over Jalen McDaniels. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, yeah, Jalen McDaniels, I think, I forgot to press the timer. Sorry to the duck. Uh, I won't be getting his last appearance on the show. That's fine. Um, you just yeah, got I mean, so confident in me just... Killing it in time. Honestly, it made the duck unnecessary. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it. Jalen McDaniels makes sense if you're maybe moving on from Chris Boucher. I think bringing him in to a team that already has Chris Boucher and Precious Achua as those sort of long, wingy types off the bench maybe clutters things a little bit too much. But if you're moving Boucher and you want to have some extra options and some depth, it's not like you have to play Jalen McDaniels and Precious Achua in every single game necessarily. Um, you know, and you'll find the, the the times where they work. But I think having that six nine sort of rangy defense could be useful. And if the Raptors want to sort of try out different defenses, and and you know, I would imagine they're probably going to play something a little more conservative than they did last year. Um, maybe they try to switch a bunch. Maybe they try to play regular drop coverage with Yak dropping back. Um, but if you have Jalen McDaniel's, you have a little bit of scheme diversity probably because you can throw him in there, go with more switch heavy lineups. Maybe you can play a little small ball five. Um, you know, there, there's there there's some reasons to be interested by it. But yeah, I mean, and I think the Sixers are probably going to be incentivized to want to keep him considering. They gave up stuff to get them, and they don't have a lot of avenues to adding players to their very expensive roster with the whole James Harden thing up in the air, too. So I guess this probably doesn't even come to pass, but uh, I don't hate it. I, I'm not super thrilled about it. I'd be more in and on him than uh, Dennis Smith Jr., probably. Oh, no, I don't know. That's tough. I think maybe I'd prefer a guard. Either way, Jalen McDaniels, he's out there. He's a guy. It's possible, but uh, probably unlikely. We're going to leave it there. 
Big V, thanks so much for hanging. Thanks for playing Mid-Level Madness. You're just an absolute wizard at this game. We're just plowing through players one one minute at a time. It's wonderful to see. Um, do you have anything you'd like to promote for the good people out there before we round out the show? Sorry, I'm too immature to not laugh at something like that. But uh, What do you mean? No, not... <laughs> you're, get your head out of the gutter, man. We started the show. How you're a Raptors.com employee. <laughs> Think about how we started this show. Uh, think about how it was we ended fine. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, perfect bookend. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, nothing to plug. Uh, just the regular stuff at Raptors.com. Um, I should have uh, kind of a get to know Grady Dick and Marky cool. Snow. Um, and you can look forward to that. And besides that, you can just follow my stuff uh, on Twitter at Vivek and Jacob. Everyone go do that. Everyone go subscribe to the podcast for free, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Uh, good run on YouTube subscribers lately. Let's keep that going. It's nice. It makes me feel very warm inside. It's just stroking my ego unbelievably. Uh, so thanks for doing that. And uh, thanks for all the support of the show. We got lots to cover this week. Again, we've got Derek Johnson from Locked On Jayhawks coming up either tomorrow or Wednesday, figuring out the schedule. We'll get Katie Heindel in here one day this week too. Jamar Hines is on tap for Thursday. Uh, it's just me talking to my pals all week long. It's my favorite kind of week here on Locked On Raptors as we get ready for free agency. Thank you for hanging, and we will talk to you on Tuesday with another episode of Locked On Raptors. Bye-bye. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.